0: Good morning and welcome to the Church of Jesus Christ um, here on June 21st, uh, 2020. And happy Father's Day to all of our Father's Day uh, fathers listening today. Uh, we thank God uh, for yet another opportunity to preach the Word of God to you. And we thank Him for His provision uh, in our lives. We thank Him for continuing to answer our prayers. And you know, as we hear throughout our week in our kind of midweek services, There are many prayer requests, but more importantly, God continues to answer those in our lives. And for that, I am forever grateful for having Christ alive in my life, and I hope he is in yours today. We're going to hear from our brother Anthony Scalero today, and we look forward to what God has in store for us, because these are not our words today. They come from on high. And it is our prayer that we might remove ourselves, that we might remove our Um, own interest today and that we might be a vehicle for the Lord to work for uh, through us and we look forward to what he has in store so let us look to him in prayer Heavenly Father Lord uh, we thank you for this day we thank you for all of the fathers in our lives Lord um, who have pointed us towards your son Jesus Christ we thank you for their example Uh, we thank you for their love and their mentorship. But more importantly, Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. For you as a loving father, Lord, sent him uh, into this world for each and every one of us today. And Lord, there are no words that can describe the joy that we feel, the love that we feel, knowing uh, the love that you have for us, Lord. So I pray today that whatever we do and say might be pleasing to you, that we might lift up your name today and honor you. Lord, like I said, the many on the prayer list, Lord, I pray that you might go to their side. Lord, if those who are watching today are in need of your touch, I pray that uh, you might be quick to answer. We love you so much. Uh, We thank you. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: I'll say good morning to all of you, and it's a a blessing to be in God's house, Um, empty again as as we've been saying for the past going on three months, but in the meantime, the Lord's here, and we've been prayerfully preparing that he would be in our words and in our thoughts, so I would ask your prayers today also that we might have God's words brought to all of us, that we might be fed spiritually today, and uh, it is Father's Day, and uh, I was Thinking along those lines is putting some thoughts together, and uh, the theme today, the, the question that my sermon is going to try to answer a little bit or help you to think about, is: Do you resemble your father? And um, you can obviously see the parallel, naturally speaking. But of course, I'm speaking about our heavenly Father today. So I'm going to start um, with a text, and. Um, This is in the Gospel of John, the first chapter. Those beautiful opening words. In the beginning was the word, but this is a little bit further down, the 12th and 13th verse of John. It says, um, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And I'm going to talk about sons and daughters, if you will, today. Um, Probably I'm going to use the word children, where it says sons. A lot of, um, even our modern day languages, the word for children could also be interpreted as sons. And I'm going to, uh, for that sake, uh, extend that meaning of sons here, as the children of God. So we are, Given uh, power to become the children of God today, if, and there's a few conditions here, even in this scripture, if we receive him, so we have to receive Jesus Christ to become the children of God, if we believe on his name, and uh, his name is very powerful, there's a lot, You could be uh, an entire sermon or several sermons on the name of Jesus Christ and the power that's in his name. And so those are some of the conditions that um, we need to meet in order to be given this power to become God's children. So in keeping with the the topic, the theme today, um, we can look at the natural parallel that children bear a natural resemblance to their parents. And I don't think I need to go into too much detail about that. But um, how often have you seen um, perhaps someone you know, and uh, as they're growing and they have a family, you might see their children, and you might, if you know them well, you might see so closely the resemblance, even in the facial features, but even in the mannerisms, sometimes of a son uh, so so similar to his father. And we sometimes we say a chip off the old block. We're, we're talking about the fact that the son is so much like the father or uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree Uh, meaning wow that 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 family resemblance it just it just carried through even uh, this morning even uh, our daughters are adopted but there are certain mannerisms and traits and perhaps ways of thinking that they pick up growing up in our house that we can, we can sometimes see it in ourselves. Maybe other people can see it well, too, that, that um, these are children of their parents just by some, some of the things that they say and the way they react to things. There's a resemblance there. So today I'm talking about us having a resemblance to our Heavenly Father. And our example and our teacher in that is Jesus Christ, of course, and even the way that as we read the Gospels, um, and especially John but really all the Gospels. Jesus was so closely connected and tied to his Father and we understand even the, the Godhead, the, the oneness of the Godhead that there is really almost no difference or separation between the Father and the Son in that sense so that when we do see the, when we see the Son we've seen the Father and that's in fact what Jesus told them when I think it was Philip or one of the apostles says show us the Father. That resemblance was so, was so extreme that when you see one, you've seen the other. So today we have the power to become the sons and, chil- and daughters of God. And, and we could, um, not to put ourselves in that place of Christ, of course, but we could take on that kind of resemblance. And that's what we're hoping for and looking for as we live our lives on this earth and have the privilege of being his children so um, there's a few points about being someone's child whether it's natural or spiritual Um, we think of it I hope as a privilege and even in our own family sometimes we the things that we're proud of the things that we're glad and thankful for we see it as a privilege to be part of that family Um, it could be an honor we could consider ourselves very honored and blessed to be part of a family and also this morning a responsibility um, I don't know everyone everyone's situation but um, you might have been raised in a home where it was important that the family name be uh, be honored be be kept um, you know in a positive light and basically it's it's basically a charge that's being given you to behave in such a way that would reflect well on your family name and of course today our name if you want to call it a family name if it's written on our forehead it's Jesus Christ and we want to honor the family name in all that we do and say in, in all even in the in the, the intents of our heart we want to honor the family name so here's a, a few questions about um, what is our attitude toward our heavenly father what's our what's our uh, thinking of him when we think of God, our Heavenly Father, um, is our relationship with him a good one? And that's an important question that we have to ask. Um, we know that he wants it to be a good relationship. He's gone to great lengths to make it so. When uh, Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden because of their disobedience, it it the Lord, I have to believe I, I say this, and in, in, I don't know if it's uh, just my opinion, but I have to believe our Heavenly Father wept at the at the sadness in his heart that his children had disobeyed and that they had to undergo um, this separation. But he went to great lengths, even that plan of redemption, even his son Jesus Christ, that we might be brought back into that relationship with the Father. Uh, do we wish to please him? Uh, this is something that even young children, I think that... that uh, as they grow to love and trust and, and regard their parents, there is a desire to please them, and not necessarily out of duty or fear or or obligation, but out of love and our Our heavenly Father wants us to desire to please him out of love and and it's um, part of what we need to be as the children of God. Um, do we realize i guess in our lives, do we realize the blessings that are there, that are promised to us, when we follow His ways, our Father's instructions and His teachings and His commandments? There's blessing in it. Uh, how many times do we read in the Book of Mormon the the promise that, inasmuch as they would keep God's commandments, they would prosper in the land, and it was it was true to the very end? And there was the other side of that: if they didn't, that they would be swept off. And that promise still holds today. There's blessing in being the children of God today. And here's one that I think, I hope that we are living and taking advantage of and practicing it every day. When we lack wisdom, do we seek the counsel and advice of our Heavenly Father? It says he gives to all men liberally. In other words, he freely gives it to us when we ask. And we should take advantage of that. Um, it should be part of our relationship with our father that he, that he has advice counsel guidance for him when we go to our perhaps when we go to our natural father with a decision a, a big decision about a career or a a new home or a new car or whatever you might get some wisdom from the person who's had that experience and has some good th- things to say about it and if it's if that's your father then god you know god bless you you should be thankful for that our heavenly father has wisdom and he has knowledge and understanding. He has even foreknowledge that steers us in the right way when we um, follow his direction. So becoming God's children, um, you know, we, perhaps we become God's children when we render our lives to him and we go down to the waters of baptism, but there's still a a process. There's, you know, we're made a new creature in Christ, but there's, there's a a bit of a process, even like a child growing up. um, They don't, they don't come, out, come into their first year of life knowing and doing and, and behaving and all of that stuff. There's a lot of teaching, a lot of growth that takes place. And there's a process there. So I'm going to go to um, another of the writings of John, first epistle of John. This is 1 John 3, 2. It says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So there's, um, there's a, a present. We are the sons of God. We are the children of God. But there's also this, this goal and this, this um, thing to reach forward to, to be coming to that full likeness. I think Paul talks about the, the coming to the measure of the stature of of Jesus Christ and it's it's a similar thing. It's, it's kind of growing to be that place So we're maybe not all there at the same time We're not all growing at the same rate the Lord makes allowance for that. He he knows each one of us He knows our heart. He knows our capability and um, he He uh, loves all of us with a, a, gr- a great love beyond any love that we can describe today so I guess uh moving on in my thoughts this um this fact that we are the children of God and I'll go to another scripture that has very much the same wording and this is in the book of Mormon Moroni the 7th chapter the 48th verse it's a long verse it's one I I go to very often about being filled with charity the love of God but the but the latter part of that It says, that ye may become the sons of God, that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now Moroni didn't have the Apostle John's epistles to refer to, but the Lord gave him the exact same words. And I think that that's important that we realize that um, we shall be like him, that we are his children, and we're going to grow to that stature. And again, when people see us, is there any semblance of God or the Son of God that they see in us? And, and that's something that we have to ask ourselves. Um, it's something we need to examine ourselves with and see what that is. And, and for us to even know how to, how to get there, we have to know what God is like. We have to know what he tells us to do, and we have to do it. And the, the source for all of that is the Word of God. I think we've heard quite a bit in our teaching and preaching, not only in this branch, but as I've listened to sermons throughout the country during this time of isolation, I've heard a, a recurring theme that we need to be familiar with the Word of God. And this isn't a new thing. This didn't just happen in 2020. Um, this has the, been the truth. It has ever been the truth that we need to know the Word of God. And I don't think that we can say it enough. Um, I, we don't mean to be harping on people or to be nagging people, but there's so much in the Word of God, and it's so wonderful when it's part of our life, when it's just part of the air we breathe and the blood coursing through our veins. When the Word of God is instilled within us, um, it makes us the children of God, the sons and daughters. We, we take on that nature by having the Word of God. In us, there's um, a relationship with God. We talked about it before—a two-way communication. When we um, pray, I I quote. I'm quoting a line from number one hundred four in the Songs of Zion, uh, verse three. It says, "When to God in prayer I go, He tells me things that I must know." And very, very certainly, um, when we're praying, a lot of times we think about that as being us. Speaking, talking to the Lord, asking Him, um, expressing ourselves, confessing to Him. But there's the other side. There's the um, there's not only the exhaling, but let's call it the inhaling. There's the meditation. There's spending time listening quietly, waiting, clearing our mind, and allowing the Lord to put thoughts into our mind. And I have to testify to you, brothers and sisters and friends, that when we make an effort to do that, um, things are... Things are put in our mind, instilled in our mind, that guide us through life, that help us, and that bless us in so many ways. And we can only give God the honor and glory and praise for the wisdom that he gives us. It's not ours that belongs to him. Um, As I was talking about growth and the fact that we all have to grow to this measure of this stature, it happens in God's appointed time, and, and God has, as our, our brother spoke to us last week about an appointed time. God has that for each one of us, and um, it's our job to just keep pressing forward and not worry about the pace or the speed that it's happening. Sometimes we, um, sometimes we we've, we've been heading uphill in a in a car. Maybe it might not have been the most powerful car in the world, but you know we were in gear. We were heading uphill. Our foot was on the gas. And it's just seemed like we're just just heading, holding steady at a certain speed, knowing the car is capable of going much faster on a, on a level field. But when we're going uphill, that car is just, is just keeping up what it needs to. Um, we might be a little bit impatient about that and frustrated, but God knows what he's doing. And as long as we're making that effort, God honors that effort. Um, even, even in our weakness and our flaws and our failings, he honors the effort that we make to draw closer to him, to become his children. Uh, I had a, um, once a friend of mine gave me a little uh, plaque, it was a little easel on the desk, and it just said, what we are to be, we are becoming. And it was an encouraging thought that, that we struggle through life, we, we desire to serve the Lord, to be all that the Lord wants us to be, and just to keep in mind that we are becoming that, and even I think that's what these scriptures I just read in the, Apostle, in the epistle of John and Moroni, just says that we're becoming that. We don't really uh, see what we will be yet, but we're becoming that. And that this little card had a cartoon on it of a caterpillar, and then on the bottom, of course, was the butterfly. So we know that, that parallel in life, and um, we know that God has great things. He has a plan for each of us, he has great things for us that we don't even know of if we just keep pressing forward and following the direction that he gives us. I'm going to talk a little bit now um, about some of the personality characteristics and traits of our Father and of his Son, Jesus Christ, that we should be seeking to emulate in our lives. And the first one is, uh, is one word. I'm going to say it three times. Love, love, love love. We read in uh, 1 John, the fourth chapter, again going back to the writings of John, the eighth verse of that 1 John chapter 4, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And he says it again eight verses later in the 16th verse, God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. So to become the children of God and to be uh, to bear a resemblance to God, we have to be filled with love and that's who God is that's his nature that's his very existence as as John says that God is love. The Lord Jesus taught us to love God above all and love others as yourself he said on this on these hang all the law and and the commandments. I'm, I'm paraphrasing terribly, but, but all the law hangs on loving God and loving others as ourselves, and that takes care of everything if that's our attitude and our motive in life. And um, in, in Jesus goes on in a little bit more detail, and this is just one of so many examples in Luke, the sixth chapter, uh the 36th verse i'm kind of starting in the middle but he says uh, love your enemies do good and lend hoping for nothing again and your reward shall be great and ye shall be the children of the highest for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil be ye therefore merciful as your father also is merciful so love um love has some amazing qualities and characters And a lot of it has to do with just giving and giving and giving. And if we think of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave his life's blood on the cross of Calvary and subjected himself as the Son of the Highest, subjected himself to the most shameful death to take upon himself our sins and pay the price for our transgressions, that we might have that relationship with the Father once again. Um, That's the love that the Lord desires for us to carry with us, for us to resemble him, to be his children. And so um, I'm going to go a little bit now into one of these characteristics of God. Also, Um, it's a little bit, I guess you could say it it branches off from love because I think because God is love, I think all of his characteristics um, could be a a subcategory of his love or or a, 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 a facet or an aspect of his love this morning. But one of them I wanted to talk about today, perhaps it's very pertinent in the day and time we live in. It says that he is slow to anger. And I have, um, I have a whole bunch of scriptures here about that. And I'm not necessarily going to spend time on all of them. But um, as early, as far back in the Old Testament as Nehemiah in the ninth chapter, the 17th verse. Again, I'm starting a little bit in the middle Thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. That's, that's the way Nehemiah knows the Lord and acknowledges him and sees him. And that characteris- characterization of God as being slow to anger is key in the Old Testament. In, in the Psalms, uh, it's repeated twice. In Psalms 103 and 145, slow to anger is in there. And then you go down the next book, Proverbs, the 15th and 16th chapter. It's not so much about God, but it's uh, commendable to the man that is slow to anger. Again, looking at that as being a a quality, uh, a measure of wisdom, a measure of of the nature of God in us that helps us, that allows us to be recognized as the children of God. Now, another example where that's quoted is in the book of Jonah. And it's kind of funny because there's a little bit of irony here. Jonah knew this about God. You know, when he was commanded to go to Nineveh and preach, he, what did he do? He got in a ship and he, held, he had, had it elsewhere. Uh, he didn't want to go. He didn't want to follow. So here's what Jonah says as he's speaking to the Lord in chapter 4, the first two verses. It says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was a- very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying? And he's talking about the fact that Nineveh repented and that the Lord forgave them. The Lord blessed them. He didn't destroy them. Was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore, I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. So even Jonah, who, who in the, at this stage in his life was having issues with God's goodness and mercy and forgiveness, even Jonah knew that the Lord was so patient and so slow to anger that even the wickedness of Nineveh, that upon hearing um, repentance preached to them, that they would respond to that and that they would repent. Jonah, as we know the story, wasn't happy about that, and he was frustrated by God's goodness. And I wonder sometimes, are we a little bit like that? Sometimes we want to see God's anger kindled. Um, Do we, sometimes in our flesh, do we sometimes desire and long for that? Um, We're trying to speed things up a little bit, um, thinking that we're doing it for the Lord, but really, Our desires our motives are not glorifying God there was a there was a couple places in the scriptures where uh, the people of God in their perhaps their emotional reaction to things they thought that they would they ought to call fire down from heaven to to destroy people it happened in, in the New Testament Jesus disciples and uh, I forgot exactly what was going on, but they just said, "Why? Why don't we call down fire from heaven?" And the Lord says, "Do, do you know what spirit you're of when you're saying that?" Uh, another place in the Book of Mormon, Alma and Amulek—they were watching. They were watching uh, the saints undergoing horrific torture, being thrown into the fire. And Amulek was—he couldn't believe what he was seeing. He's Alma. Shouldn't we call fire down from heaven and destroy these evildoers? And Alma, he said, uh, he said it again. He said, "The Spirit constrains me, not to do that right now." These people are going to their to their eternal glory. And again, he wasn't delighting in that or the suffering, but he just knew that God had a bigger picture, a bigger perspective, and it wasn't time or given to them to call fire down from heaven to destroy. And I want to talk a little bit about that today, um, about God being slow to anger. The anger. The anger of God is appropriate anger. It's appropriately given when it is given. It's not, and I'm going to, again, we're going to quote some scripture. It's not given in bitterness. It's not wrath. It's not clamor, evil speaking, or malice. And that's in Ephesians 4.31. The, the apostle says, let all those things be put away from you. The anger of the Lord is not characterized by this emotional Outpouring of of he says it here evil speaking in fact in uh, in the twenty seventh verse of the same chapter he says don't you know be angry and sin not he says neither give place to the devil in other words you know the evil one will use the wrong kind of anger and he and it's it's uh, somehow or other it's it's in our flesh it's in our you know in our non godly side that we have. This capability of anger. The Lord is slow to anger. He's telling us we shouldn't even allow that to, to have place in our lives. And again, the patience and the mercy and the grace of God, that should be what characterizes us as the children of God. We are, um, we, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about this, especially today, um, because I will say the climate. It's getting very hot, and I'm not talking about the weather, although it's supposed to be 108 here in Phoenix, um, which isn't that bad. Uh, I think three years ago on Father's Day, we went for a walk in the evening, and it was I couldn't believe how hot it was. I went home, and the temperature in the backyard was 125. Well, that only happened once that I know. But I'm talking not about the weather today, but the climate of people's thoughts flying back and forth, um, I don't think social media is helping, but the news isn't helping either. We just, we hear things that are in, in um, uh, what's, what's the right word, but the, we hear things that enrage us. There's things that just attack us viscerally, and what, what I mean by that is it's like a gut punch. And these are headlines that may be entirely true, they may be partially true, they may be totally untrue. Uh, I'm not even gonna venture to say how how accurate they are but they're being promulgated by pot stirring people and and fan flame fanning people there's just so much flaming or uh, fanning of flames and stirring of pots and people are provoked to react and verbally and you see a lot of escalation of of really unnecessary things and as the people of god this morning as the children of god this morning I don't think that we're called even to engage in some of that stuff. And, and really, I don't think it's doing us any good or anyone else if we allowed ourselves to be provoked emotionally and um, to make an angry response. Again, I'm, I'm trying to focus on the fact that the traits and the characteristics of our Heavenly Father that we should be bearing resemblance to, he's not calling us to, um, to that level of engaging in those kinds of fights and battles, when he's the one who really has the battle, and he knows all things, he knows the answer to everything. So there's just, it's just something that we don't need to to um, involve ourselves in this morning. I'm going to, um, I guess, I'm going to talk a little bit and kind of in wrapping up this morning. Uh, I really one of my one of my go-to scriptures, I guess, kind of a list of of characteristics and behaviors that are becoming of the children of God. They're uh, found in the Apostle Paul's writings, 1 Thessalonians, the 5th chapter. Um, If you want to call this fatherly advice today from our Heavenly Father, I'm going to start in the 15th verse down to the 23rd. And I think uh, as I read this, you might have come across it before, but they're just, just beautiful words of counsel and advice to all of God's people. And I hope that we could all take um, instruction and courage from these words. It says, See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesyings. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I read all those verses. Every single one of those verses could be a sermon this morning. Um, There's so much there that teaches us and steers us in the direction of how we should be recognized. Um, The Lord Jesus said, uh, By this all men will know you're my disciples, by the love you have one for another. And that love needs to be to one another in the church, in the family of God, in the community of Christ, if you will, today, but it needs to be to all mankind. Even those who provoke us, those who strike rage in us, we have, to, um, we have to bridle our spirit, bridle our tongue. In the day of social media, we have to bridle perhaps our thumbs, if that's what we're using, but we just have to breathe deeply and ask ourselves, is the Spirit of God motivating me in what I'm going to say what I'm going to do, um, what I'm going to post this morning. Let us be the children of God. Let us be recognized as the children of God. And let us, when, let, when people see us, let us um, be such that they see the Father and the Son in us. Because, again, not for our glory, but for the glory of God, for his honor and glory, may we be his children. May God bless you this morning.
0: What a beautiful message and a wonderful question of, do you resemble your father? And it was so beautiful as Brother Anthony started out, you know, thinking about, you know, the traits that we have. You know, do we have dark hair like our parents? Do we have the same smile? Do we have the same eyes as our parents? And interestingly enough, what was so beautiful is he pointed out his adopted children have some of the same characteristics or traits that their adopted parents have. So not only is there a genetic predisposition for some of us, but there also is an environmental predisposition for some of us that the household that we're lived in, the way that we interact with people, some of those behaviors are learned. That we don't come by them quote unquote naturally, but we had seen them in our lives over and over again. And the beauty of that is when we're raised in a righteous home from parents who love and serve the Lord, oftentimes we develop traits of love and of grace and of mercy. You know, Brother Anthony pointed out that God is love. God is merciful. God is kind. He's slow to anger. And some of us lived in a house where we saw that every day. Some of us didn't. And some of you watching today saw the opposite of that. You saw hatred. You saw quick to anger. And our lives are very different in those homes because it's modeled in a different way. But the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ today. I'll go back to the very first verse that uh, Brother Anthony read in uh, John, the first chapter. It says, but as many as received him. A choice. This wasn't the home that you were born in. It's you raising your hand that I want to serve the Lord. It says, to them gave he power to become the sons of God and daughters of God. Another translation, he gave them the right to become the sons and daughters of God. Even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You see, Brother Anthony so beautifully put it today that no matter where you come from, no matter your skin color, no matter your hair color, you may look like your parents, you may not. You may, you may act and show love the way your parents did, or you may never have received love from your parents. But today, if you choose Jesus Christ, you and I can become like the Father. And that is the challenge today that it's not about setting our bar among men and women in our lives, that they are wonderful examples sometimes, but they point us to Jesus Christ. They point us to the better example. They point us to the light of our lives in a way that we can become new creatures, that we can start to emulate something else, even though we may never have been shown the true love of God in our lives. And that is the incredible beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ the good news of his son, that he came into the world because he loved us. Not because he felt bad for us, but because he loved us. And he laid down his life for you and for I, just as many of us would lay down our lives without hesitation for our children. How beautiful it is to have someone, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who will do that for you today. So today we celebrate We ask the question, do you resemble your heavenly father today? We thank God that he loves us and continually reaches out to us, that he shows us love, that he shows us mercy, that he's slow to anger, that he's kind to us because he cares for you. So happy Father's Day to our fathers. I hope you enjoy your day together as a family. May we all be wonderful examples of his love to others that they might be pointed towards the father that we should resemble let us pray heavenly father we thank you for today we thank you for the wonderful message of hope that we heard today we thank you that we were reminded of your characteristics of your love of your mercy and i pray for every head that's bowed today lord everyone who's watching at home, that those characteristics we might desire in our lives, that we might yearn for them, that we might long for them, that we might be more like you, that we would put off our, our differences between each other, that we would put away any pre- preconceived notions about one another, that we might fully surrender to your will in our lives. And then and only then, Lord, that we might be filled with your spirit that you might guide us, not because it's us trying to direct our lives, but you would be fully in control, pointing us wherever we should go. Lord, we love you. The many who are sick and afflicted, we pray that you might go to their side. We thank you again for the love in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a wonderful, happy Father's Day. Until next week.